0: Welcome to Kadam, the small steps podcast where we try to showcase individual perspectives of recent graduates about different pathways of life. I'm Arjit Singh, and today I will continue to try to uncover what it means to have a traditional career. My apologies for the audio quality in the last episode, but I hope I sound better this time. Some days I feel like a jack of many trades and a master of none. Finding one thing you absolutely love and putting many, many years into a field can be extremely tough and intimidating. We are often caught thinking about money, stability, societal expectations, following the trends, and so much more when we are trying to make these decisions for our lives. The fear of missing out on a better opportunity constantly looms over our heads. And while some take the chances and dive freely into another field, not everyone feels like they have that luxury. Today, I want to talk about careers that are chosen by factors that are broader than what we want from ourselves. Personally, I find myself wondering what all the other things I would be good at only if I took another chance to do something else. But what's the fun in talking about this all alone? And anyway, I'm sure that our guest today is also looking forward to sharing things that closely relate to this topic. So let's start the show. Our guest today is a project manager for a boutique web design agency in DC and is currently based out of Nashville, Tennessee. She has always been a practical learner, and even though she has always had a love for science, due to the theoretical nature of the subjects in school, she has found herself exploring countless subjects and career options that she says she is grateful for. She graduated with a degree in computer science from Middle Tennessee State University in 2018 and quickly realized that she wanted to do something totally different. After having switched careers and work herself, she now says she is fully equipped to mentor high school and college graduates to find jobs they love in fields that they dream about. Without holding her thoughts any longer, let's welcome Isha. Welcome to the show, Isha, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm so excited to have you on, and I can't wait to see where this goes.
1: That's awesome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me because I am a talker and I don't want to miss any opportunities where I get to blabber about something I feel passionately about. So
0: that's amazing. Awesome. Then you're in the the perfect place. We can possibly bring you on again in a few years. We'll see how this goes, how long this lasts. Hopefully I'll be able to keep it alive, but I'm glad you're here this time as well. I hope you do. Awesome. All right. So so to start off, I just want to ask you to lay out the differences that you felt within the systems in India and the United States. Um, This can be anything from education or freedom of expression and life in general. I want to talk about challenges in India and other challenges here, and then things that you love from India and things that you love here. I know it is broad, but I want to see where this goes. And I want to see what you have to say and what comes to mind first when you think about this, this topic.
1: Uh, For sure. I I mean, there's a lot of differences. And of course, um, the pros of being here outweighed the pros of being in India. And that's why I decided to just stay here. Um, Just starting from high school, um, there were a lot of things that I personally just didn't get. Like to me, they were unfair of sorts. But, you know, coming from an Indian family, your parents are Like, hey, just finish high school with a great percentage and then you can do whatever you want. And then you're in college and then they're like, no, just finish high school, college with a great degree and then you can do whatever you want. And then you graduate college and then they're like, well, get a great job and then you can do whatever you want.
0: Totally, always. So I
1: feel like that's like a loop that I didn't want to get stuck in, but I sort of did kind of get sucked into it. So in high school, I definitely like how in America at least, you will have the freedom to choose your courses, your classes, what you want to discover, what you want to kind of try your hand out in. In India, I felt very restricted. I didn't necessarily want to study physics, I wanted to study biology and math and chemistry. But as you know, you can't do that without having physics. I also wanted to have some more options. Um, The fun story here is that in 11th grade, actually, I was just trying to be a rebel. And I was like, no, everyone wants me to go into science. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to do something different. Um, I didn't have enough courage to go into humanities. So I decided to go in the middle ground, which is business. Um, within a month of being in business, I realized that I'm a person of science and I ended up actually dropping business to move to science. And, you know, usually it's the opposite. People take science and then they drop totally. to yeah. explore something different.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: so, I definitely put that on myself. I'm um, the one who made that decision to go back into science and I'm actually very grateful that I did it because I still can uh, contribute to conversations um, where I sound educated <laughs> because I'm like, oh, actually this is why this happens in nature. And that's like my favorite thing to do, but I'm sure everybody around me is annoyed by that. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I didn't necessarily um, enjoy in India was just not having enough freedom to live the way I want to live. Um, I am very adventurous in terms of how I wanna look, how I wanna dress, um, how I talk. Um, I'm not necessarily this professional always. Um, So my parents didn't necessarily um, keep a hard leash on me or a short leash on me, but, you know, they were always kind of nervous about me going out by myself or going out later at Mm -hmm. night. So I felt, I feel like I missed out on a lot of fun things that I could have done in high school and in college. Um, that here, I feel a little bit more comfortable, but that paranoia that set in when I was in India still remains with me. So even now, sometimes I find myself questioning, like, do I need to go out at 9pm at night? Or can I just do this some other day? Um, But yeah, and I think the last thing that I felt, and this is just not like a professional thing, but also a personal thing, is just the pressure that society puts on you. It's just... It's not required, it's not necessary, and it's not beneficial to a person's growth because you know that we have a lot of creative people in India, but I don't think anyone gets the chance to actually discover what they can do what can what, what they can be good at because I remember this um, conversation I was having with somebody from my extended family, and I was telling them, oh my one of my friends from college actually um paints um walls in different places in india just a mall or some and it's okay. not graffiti it's like good good art yeah. that is displayed in a lot of different um public buildings and not necessarily not necessarily like a bar or something but actually malls and um iconic streets in delhi That's and awesome. they were yeah. like yeah but watch watch how long that lasts like how many walls can you paint? At some point, all the walls are gonna be painted. <laughs> you I'm repaint them.
0: Like, <laughs> you just
1: <laughs> I was like, art I don't changes. Think...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I don't think that works that way, but okay. Yeah. Um so um I decided to move to America. So I I visited in 10th grade and I absolutely fell in love. Um, I have family here, so it wasn't so um scary to me to try to take this big step. So I didn't um, come here right after graduating, but I did do my first year of college in India. And then I transferred to a university here. Okay, I so like the a-
0: credits and stuff, all that got transferred as well?
1: Yeah, so okay. it's actually, I don't think they offer that plan anymore, but it was a university in Gurgaon. Um, and they had this separate, um path that you could take where your classes would be a little bit different than what somebody else in computer science might be doing and they were meant they were made in a way that they were easy to transfer over yeah I I think one of my
0: cousins actually just did that too I think he moved to the US as well yeah just now uh, a couple months back actually yeah or actually this this last month yeah yeah yeah
1: That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I think those are great programs. I just want to tell people that if you are thinking of, if you're in India, and if you're thinking of trying to find a program like that, just take it with a grain of salt, because just because you've taken, say, 20 credits in India, doesn't mean all of those 20 credits are going to get transferred. So you need to be prepared to come here, take placement tests, and even have to take some classes again, because, you know, the, the courses are constantly changing and every university has their own um, requirements. So that's definitely something I was not expecting. So when I came here and they were like, okay, we need you to take a math placement, a physics placement, a chemistry placement, an English placement. I <laughs> oh was like, so all day I'll be taking exams. Yeah, and they like,
0: happened to me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... That was definitely, but I, I I love the decision that I made to come here and stay here. Um, I have great friends. I have great people around me um, that are understanding. And, you know, there's, I wouldn't say there's a lot of freedom to be who you are, but I think that just goes with being a human, being around humans. Um, I don't think everybody has that live and let live quality inbuilt in them, but I would say that people here have that a little bit more than people in India, so I, I definitely love every aspect of communicating and just conversing with people and meeting new people.
0: And Nashville is still considered the South, is it not? Kind it of. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it comes with that. I think uh, you know, like being in New York and stuff, it's a little bit different. You know, I've, I've, of course, I've lived in Alabama for five years, and I know. Oh yeah. The expression is. <laughs> It's different, right? But when you move to New York, it's totally different. Uh, Now in Toronto, it's totally different. Like, people don't care. Of course, like, there's a lot less judgment, like you're saying, like, of course, it is much lesser than it was in India. But I think there are definitely places where people are a lot more accepting. Of course, there's still going to be a few set of eyes, or a few set of years or a few set of people that are going to be talking about certain things. But it's definitely better than being in other places. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but it's, it's better than being in places, but it can always be better as well, or hopefully in the world, wherever you are, right. It's, it's going to be one of those things that doesn't have to, doesn't have to matter in the long run. Right. So, yeah. And I, and I want to go back a little bit to one of the first points you mentioned about physics and having to take that as a subject. Um, if you had the option would you change taking science in school, right? Um, and you said that, of course, you you had this career where you went into the business side and then you switched over to science again. Now coming, I don't know, like five, six years um, after that, would you say if you had the chance, you would go back and change it? Because I know you are still a person of science, right? You still consider yourself to to, of course, not be strong in physics, but you still consider yourself to be a person that likes that, right? Likes the aspect of the whole science stream. Um, you still have a love for it, let's say. Um, so would you still study science if you, if you could go back or would you, would you um, choose something else? Um,
1: that's a great question. Uh, I think the answer would be that if the variables were the same, if it was the same situation um, and I had to take these particular set of classes together, I probably would still take science. Now, if I was offered maybe the humanities parts included a little bit more of psychology, a little bit more of anthropology, I would definitely reconsider. Um, but at the same time that Indian person in me is like but would you go would you want to study anthropology and then not have a job um so I'm saying that right now but I'm not sure I'm not sure at all that's a good question
0: (laughs) no that's totally fine and you know a lot of times we don't have answers to things and it's just because situations are or that's what we've seen you know maybe if you had seen a different side of things or maybe if you had seen like the IB board or or what they do here it's like yeah I would have taken those and so I think it's just a situational question in that case but Let's connect that to your everyday tasks now, right? Um, Because we are talking about like going back and doing those things. But what about now? So of course, you're doing something where you're a project manager now. Um, Do you see yourself relating to or using any of those concepts of science on any of your daily tasks? Um, Do you ever think about what would be different if you continued down that path? If you continued down down like doing science? Because you did switch, right? Um, What do you think?
1: Um, again, great question. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like using science in my day-to-day job that I have now is very limited to say, if you have a client, we have clients from different industries. So we have clients from um, science and we have clients from nonprofits, um, the political um, sector, all of those. So sometimes it's nice to know some things that you're talking about with the clients. For example, if you're working with an institution that's like the Brain Institute, and they specialize in Making solutions for researchers who study the brain. So it's nice to be able to kind of relate to them at a level and be like, oh my gosh, actually, I did read something about that on that article. And, um, you know, I was very curious, and it's great to see that you were um, including that in your research. And then the clients are always very impressed. Um, But outside of that, I don't see myself using um, what I studied at all Um, yes computer science a little bit because it's definitely easy for me to talk to developers it's very easy to be the middleman between the client and the developers telling the client what the developer can do and can't do in very simple words and then telling the developers what the clients want in more detail So that's good. Um, I do think that if I were to go in a science-related field, it would probably be um, psychology. It's not your traditional math, physics, chemistry, but psychology is definitely, um, especially, I don't know how many people have said this to you, but criminal psychology. is definitely something I am obsessed with and obsessed to the point where I've done I I don't know. I've spent hours studying researches and just going through what people in this industry have to say, how that affects people. So this is like something related to human science, if that's even a word.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And I think it's definitely a field that is so interesting to follow. Um, Even if you're just technically watching like a Netflix show, you know, sometimes, of course, when they're when they're actually based on real life events, it's totally like it it is so captivating and and it actually like interests you you know and i'm sure like for you it's like you do research going into that thinking about you know what would have happened if this happened or um you're thinking of it from probably a lot more perspectives than than me or somebody else watching those shows is right for us it's just interesting and we want to see what happens next but it's just like for you you are probably like, because there's books that are written about some of these cases that happen, right? Uh, especially when they're when they're um, real life events, like people are actually writing these books. There's so much discussion. I remember just watching um, one of the shows. I think it was like the the People versus OJ Simpson or something, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I saw that, and then I, in fact, like went in and read a little bit about that and what was going on, and and I've done that for a couple of shows, but it's just like I'm sure you're totally all over that, right?
1: Oh, I mean, I watch actual court proceedings of serial killers and OJ Simpson and all of these people. I, I actually watch them try to read their body signs, their body language, what are they doing with their eyes when this sentence is said, how are they looking at this person? Even when I'm watching documentaries, I'm always trying to guess what happened next, like what's the pattern of this person who's committing these crimes? What are they going to do next? Or how are they going to get caught? Because unrelated to this entire agenda of this call um or i I, there was a time when um i was watching a documentary and it was i think the second or the third serial killer documentary i was watching and i remember thinking that you know i'm starting to see a pattern that these people do whatever they're doing all of these crimes for years and years before they're caught and more often than not, they're caught because they've made a silly mistake. And that silly mistake has nothing to do with the actual crimes they make. They're always caught on pure chance. And Mm. that's because they get very overconfident. Human
0: error, you think? Or it's just...
1: It's just overconfidence
0: okay? because
1: a lot of people, especially with like sociopaths and psychopaths, that's like that thing that comes into their head that at one point they start equating themselves with not God, but God-like, mm. right? And that's when they're like, oh, it's been eight years since I've been doing this. I'm not going to get caught, so I'm going to take this car that I stole <laughs> like two years ago or two months ago and I'm just gonna drive it around they don't even think about it right right? and then they're caught because they were caught with a stolen license plate and Mm. then people start looking into their background and then they're like holy crap
0: yeah
1: all of this stuff has happened and this is the person we were looking for three years ago right right it's like yeah it's it's awesome to me like I just I find it so fascinating Yeah, like I can talk about it
0: for hours Oh that's totally fine You know like watching shows like you Or like Dexter or something like that It's just like one of those things Where it does definitely bring you in And and you're sitting there watching And looking at this And you're like Well now you're gonna get caught Now you're gonna get caught And in the end it's like Sometimes they don't get caught Especially in these two shows It's just like What the hell is going on man I don't know like How are these people (laughs) getting away with this shit Like I mean of course Like there's just some dumb shit that they do And sometimes they get away with it But it's still like Um, that one show, um, what's it called where there's that professor and they're doing this robbery, right. Um, they don't like necessarily kill people or whatnot, but, um,
1: Oh, um, uh, how to get away with murder.
0: No, no, no. There's like, there's this one guy that's the professor. It's actually like a Spanish show, I think. Um, okay. What is it called? There's like, I think there's like three or four seasons now, but I was watching it with my parents too. Like the first one. Um, and then like there's, it, you know, there's these people that dress up in like red suits, uh, big smiles. Uh, they 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 rob a bank in the first season. I don't know. Oh, uh, money
1: heist.
0: Money heist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's still aspects of that 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 are there. You know, like because they have this whole plan and like they go and do these things. But then he right. still has to go in and and correct some of his errors. But I mean, it's a whole rabbit hole. We can get right. away with that, <laughs> like <laughs> you again, like you said, you know, keep talking about it for hours. Um, I haven't seen as many shows as you probably have, but definitely um, something that definitely interests me as well. And I, I am a person that also really interests um, or or reads about psychology and things like that too, because that's something that really, as a product designer for me, it really like does yeah, um, you know affect me. So. Anyway, (laughs) coming back to coming back to our topic. um, Let's continue actually down the path of being a project manager. I know that you said a couple of things that you do is, um, you know, of course, talking to clients and talking to developers and kind of finding that middle ground for them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But what else do you do? Um, What else have you done in your last few similar roles and also because I understand, of course, that you have that creative side that wants to, of course, take the role of the people okay. that are designing these things, you know, and you want to do that. But but is there like a craving for that? Or it's just like something that you're finding that you're not satisfied maybe doing project mm-hmm. managing as, mu- um, as much? Or I don't know, like even if it's just like, I mean, right now you have to do it, of course, like because you're having to put food on your plate and you invest in things that you like buy clothes whatever that might be um what is it that that keeps you in this without just having to go in and do those things that you actually I guess want to be doing
1: um that's that has been a journey actually um when I was graduate in doing computer science I often thought to myself like do I have to, like, I know I have to get a job because I can't be an actor or a singer tomorrow, right? And it might not ever happen for me. So I need that backbone job, but does it have to be something I hate and despise? Um, So of course I started on that path of trying to find something that I like. Um, And contrary to popular belief, it's actually very easy to try to experiment with different things. So in my mind, I had like a three-plan or three-step plan. And the third step has like a tiny asterisk on it because it might not apply to everybody. But my first um, step was to identify what I want to do, which is a big, big part. And it takes time. It's very time-consuming. And the second part was then, how do I get to a position that I want? What are the positions in this type of industry, what do I have to do to get that job? And then the third part that I was talking about was, in this job, is there something I can use to kind of let out that creative side or do I need to still be working on something else on the side to get to that creative part? So as a project manager right now, my day-to-day includes, so as a project manager for a design company, basically, because every everywhere is different. Of course, you have those like five core responsibilities of managing a project where you're managing the budget. Um, You're not just managing the budget day to day, but you're also managing it in the longer period of time. You are estimating how many tasks you're going to need to do, how much work, what work is it that you're going to have to do, how much money is it going to go in, or how much money is it going to require, and how much resources. It's going to require. So, of course, there's that entire part of it. Making Gantt charts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many (laughs) Gantt charts. You know all about it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So, definitely like you're making project plans and you're not just making them, but you're also what we call grooming them. Um, Every so many weeks, you have to groom your project plan because, you know, one thing that especially and now I'm going to introduce another word, which you are probably familiar with, um, is Scrum. Scrum is the newest framework when it comes to project management and developing products, because the older, more traditional ways don't necessarily, they're not feasible anymore, because you're constantly working on something. And then in the end, you release a product and the client's like, this is not what I wanted at all. Because, because you didn't get that feedback every step of the way with scrum and you know using scrum we have a lot more responsibilities come in because every two weeks you are taking what you have developed and showing it to the client too. So there's that entire um, piece of demoing the product, taking feedback and then implementing those feedback while also continuing to move forward and progressing towards the finished result. what else um you have to do things like invoicing every month where you're actually sending the bill so mm. every boring project, part. yeah it's the yeah. boring part but yeah. honestly i will say something i don't like working with numbers unless i'm doing like trig or something like math mm. related right okay. but when it comes to budgeting for projects i've actually been having a lot of fun which i didn't think i would okay. um because you have to figure out, like, should this be what we call a times and material project? Mm. Which means that is the budget not big enough that at this point, we can say, okay, if we want Arjun to work on it, like, we will just go move forward with, okay, this week, we didn't have any work, so we didn't bill anything. But next week, he had to work three hours, so we will for three. So time Correct. and materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. There are also different, other different kinds of invoicing where you have to be like, okay, we end up doing at least $50,000 worth of work for this client every month anyway. So how about we start doing a deposit of $50,000 a month, and then whatever is accrued on top of that, we just add it to the bill and then they pay it, pay whatever's remaining. Right. So that's a very big part of my job. Um, I will say that, which might help you transition to whatever you wanna talk about next, that I am still not where I want to be in the project management space because my journey of finding what I wanna do, um, if not acting, (laughs) has just come to an end. So I just found this job, I think in September last year. So I'm still kind of in the training slash Um, testing period where my are still, you know, testing me out and making sure that yes, I'm learning, but I'm also ready to take the next steps to take a little bit more uh, workload. So um, before that, I think you asked me about my previous jobs too. I don't think I got much experience again, because I didn't know what I was looking for. And on the other hand, I also had that need to get a job because I was out of college. I needed to start working. I needed a place to live. You're going to have to pay bills. So I was like, okay, um, Google something that I think I need and apply for the first job and hopefully get an interview, right? So you don't really know what you're applying for. You don't know what the job description even means. You don't have that eye to kind of differentiate between a good job description and a really poor job description that might not end up being fast-paced work environment
0: environment. (laughs) right
1: right, exactly so I've come a long way and I I have a process now that works
0: (laughs) no totally and and why I say that is because um I I've actually been doing a little bit of sales right now right just part-time job side job like seasonal personally Mm -hmm. just not something that I ever saw myself doing and even though I've learned a ton I feel like I mean, yes, I already had a decent amount of people skills, mm-hmm. but just, I think, honestly, now that I've done it, I feel like everybody should do it once, you know, yeah. be in the service sector, that kind of thing. And I've done a little bit of that before, but never really on the front end like this, you know, it's, yeah. again, it is fast paced. It is, of course, like there's so much going on. Um, you're always having to do things and and talk to people and whatnot. But I mean, of course, it's not a job that you would do for the rest of your life, or right. especially if you've done like let's say like a couple of degrees or um, things that you're actually passionate about. Of course, you're not going to do that, man. Maybe it's something that you continue to go for for part time when you have the chance or the opportunity, because it is something that is fun and you meet people that are actually interesting and and you know just like because I know a lot of people at least like so I'm working at Lululemon, which they I don't employ
1: lemon. yeah the you know Blue lemon family
0: yeah exactly so the so the thing with that is like there's not a whole lot of people that are actually there that don't have goals you know a lot of people are actually there doing their masters um, right they don't employ people from high school which a lot of other brands do these are people that are actually coming in like some of them are doing their PhDs at this point and they're wow. still working part-time because they're just like hey we're still in school while we don't have anything else why not right they love the brand of course comes with a lot of perks and whatnot but still a good thing right so um so definitely like about your point about like just like finding something of course takes time and then the right eye and whatnot but it is something that sometimes you just pick up you know it's just things that that you see okay there's a couple of perks or there's just things that I might gain from or learn and whatnot and you just go do them right But anyway, transitioning from that to to a little bit of what you mentioned, like you you mentioned movies a little bit, and I want to get to that. But before that, I want to talk about classical music that you've learned for 14 years of your life. Like that is an incredibly long time. And I think it's just more than enough time to know if you love it or you hate it, right? Right. Right. Do you continue to do that or have you stopped it? And then have you ever thought about creating that into a career or parts of that aspects of that? Um, just like, you know, whether that is being a singer or um, musician or just, you know, doing that on the side, maybe even having a YouTube channel or mm-hmm. I don't know, there's plenty of things, right?
1: I've thought about all of the things that you mentioned. <laughs> Short
0: okay. yeah, um, yeah. yeah, uh,
1: So I, Another thing I don't like about India, I guess, (laughs) when I was in 10th grade, I had to stop everything because my grades were suffering. I didn't want to study at all because I didn't like the way I was taught. So I had to cut out a lot of things from my life to just focus on education. I don't think it would have made a difference because I still only paid enough attention to kind of just get through school. Um, But I think after doing music for 14 years, and I will, I will say this, um, I think many people who do classical music in India will tell you something, um, at least people who are good will tell you that if you start young, the first maybe six or seven years of your life, you're just doing mechanical singing, right? It's like you have been taught to do um, these notes and to put them together and sing. And you're doing that. It's after that, when you start kind of getting this um, maturity, emotional maturity, you'd start understanding things like love and hate and feeling anxious. That's when you start actually singing because that's when you start putting emotions in. Mm, So that part for me was very short. It was probably four years, right? And that was the time around 10th grade when I um, stopped doing music. Um, but I would still sing occasionally. As you know, I sang till I graduated in 12th grade. Yeah, we were like in
0: a choir together for anybody that doesn't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I love singing. I definitely love putting that heart into it. And I still do. I just think that right now, if I had my own place, if I had um, space between me and my neighbors, which I don't right now, um, they can probably hear me right now. Um, (laughs) Really? (laughs) Happens
0: to the best of us, yeah.
1: Right. Um, so I would I would um, definitely um, practice a little bit more. Um, I have bad stage fright, but it only lasts about two or three seconds as I step onto the stage. But when I started singing, I would forget about everything, and that is how I feel with acting as well. So I did realize that you know I love acting and singing almost equally, um, but with acting. I don't have to be loud when I'm practicing at home. So maybe that's something I can focus on right now, right. but I never want to put music totally away. I just don't have the time to practice right now. I have thought about going back to a vocal coach and you know, having my um, songs on YouTube. And I like doing covers and I do covers for um, songs that are, probably not um interesting to the best the bigger population it's going to be like your mom and your dads who are going to be like "Ooh, that's fine (laughs) right we're
0: gonna be there someday right everybody i think goes through a phase of music where they're like hey now i like that right Right. personally i'm the kind of person that's just like i don't really care what music is playing right i will hand the to anybody for the most part most music that anybody can play at any time of the day i'm okay with right and that doesn't mean like i love it or anything like that but i definitely am not the kind of person that we like you change that song you know like that yeah. no, def- never never happens feels- with me sorry what are unless
1: you it's unless it's like metal then i'm usually like um can we okay. listen okay <laughs> But otherwise yeah. I'm always kind of just like, yeah, go along with whatever anyone's playing. Right. Um, but I am very picky and selective about the songs that I personally sing because I have a, I, I, I like to think that I have a range of voice that is suited for maybe a couple or three types of songs, right? Um, so I've experienced a lot of um, singers that are you know, only, good at singing certain types of songs for example I have forgotten her name now um but yeah great I've forgotten the name that's but, okay anyway. yeah. oh Shreya Ghoshal from India
0: oh yeah I'm yeah thinking okay. about
1: her and then right. I think about um Suniti Chauhan and they're both like different spectrums mm.
0: of great singers both of them though yeah both
1: of them great singers but they both sing very different types of music I am somewhere in the middle where I can go a little bit on both sides right and um i'm sorry my google started speaking in the bathroom
0: totally so. okay couldn't hear it on? yeah all good <laughs>
1: um so i like to think that i'm in the middle and i want to explore both sides and that's why i said i'm, I'm going to try to get a vocal coach because i did go to acting um class for about two two and a half years and now i think it's time that i go back to my singing a little bit and I would definitely definitely love to make singing and acting as my primary career but until then I will do whatever it takes to get there
0: yeah no that's awesome and that's really kind of what I wanted to transition into as well um you know just like with your passion for acting with your passion of course for singing now that I know uh, like of course how long you've done it and and you're still Passionate about it, you know whether or not you have the space or the luxury or the right. neighbors that like to hear all that. Uh, there's still some part of that that you like and you want to explore. Mm-hmm. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that you've worked in a few short movies as well. While of course the two years that, um, two two and a half years that you went to school for it, um, or or took classes for it, what exactly did you do? Um, have you thought about actually turning that into a full-time career? Of course, you're saying you're going to try to get there. What does it take? Like, does it take taking more classes for you, you think, right now? Or do you think it's just like, yeah, I'll do this on the side while I can, if I can pick up a couple roles, um, and then eventually get into it? Because last last week, actually, or our um in the last episode, we were just talking about this as well. Like the guy, like the guy I was talking to, like one of my friends he was just like you know sometimes i feel i can just walk onto like walk onto like a set and just be like hey i can do this you know and i'm not sure if 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 if, if it works like that of course you can talk <laughs> about that in contrast which is great because like which is great that we brought you on this this uh episode because we can actually really compare that to that right so what do you think right. about it
1: um uh, first of all <laughs> i would like to say It is not as easy as that. (laughs) Um, There's a few factors that you need to have to become. And okay, there's two types of actors, right? Or let's say three. There are commercial actors. There are actors that are extras in the background. And then there are actors who are actors like Leonardo DiCaprio actors, Mm -hmm. right? Um, To be a commercial actor, you need your acting skills, obviously, but acting skills are something like either you just entirely don't have them naturally which is fine you are probably good at something else or you have a little bit of it but you just need some direction or you're just a born natural god right yeah i'm in again in the middle somewhere so i i think i have that like expressions and the face and the ability to learn very quickly Um, But I'm no God, right? So for a person like me, of course, going to classes is great. But I would say that a person who's trying to get into acting, they need to go to a class for a little bit, see if it's working out for them. And you have to be critical of yourself and you have to see yourself on camera because a lot of times I remember thinking I did amazing um in acting class and my teacher was like oh my gosh that was great and I was like are you sure that was great and he was like yeah that was great but then I would do something similar in front of a camera and I don't know if it's because you're in front of a camera and you know there's like three different cameras pointed at you and 16 different people are looking at you that you kind of forget but I often forget to use my eyes when I'm acting right I will use my hands my body language everything but sometimes my eyes will just stay kind of dead um so, so do you mean
0: like you're just focusing on one thing is that what you mean or
1: right it's because the important part to remember here is when i'm talking to you right now i don't know if you can tell but i am very expressive especially with my eyebrows for some reason i can't control them hey
0: you gotta was- be in the zoom world you gotta be <laughs> right like we talked about this as well on one of the episodes <laughs> but like in, in the zoom world when you're interviewing through a screen you really can't be there in presence you know you the okay. other person doesn't know but when you're expressing that to a certain higher degree i think yeah. you just see it more and and the person doesn't see it as much of course but like we still see and we notice it right and that's just mm-hmm. it makes a conversation more fun in a way
1: Oh, for sure. I think it makes it makes it more animated, and everybody loves that. Um, but yeah, so I went to class, but uh, very soon I realized that you know I feel like I've gotten to a point in this class where I probably can't get anymore. I can't absorb anymore. I need something more. So um, I would suggest everybody who's trying to you know either learn how to act, or become an actor, or a musician or a singer, don't stick to one teacher always keep moving from one person to another so that you get everybody's um, perspective, right? You always have to remember these are teachers. If you were learning from an actual legend in acting, it would be different, right? You would think like, okay, maybe I am doing something wrong. But sometimes with teachers, you know, uh, it, it goes for teachers in any area, chemistry teacher. If you are not able to understand chemistry from your chemistry tutor, you have to find another one, right?
0: Totally, it doesn't yeah. mean that
1: you can't understand it. It just means that the way this person's teaching might not work for someone like you. Yeah, totally, yeah. So you need that. of. So what did I say? Talent, you need direction, um, and you need lots and lots of hard work which honestly I don't think I put enough of it right now because I often just let myself wallow in self-pity where I'm like oh I worked 8 hours today and <laughs> now I deserve some netflix it happens
0: time. to the best of us
1: right But on, I should be probably working on my scripts. I write a lot of scripts, but I haven't filmed any one of them. And I've been doing this for about four years now. So I should have gotten somewhere. Uh, So, um, and then the fourth one would be networking. You have to network with people. You have to meet people. Great way to meet people is through classes because you find out like, how can you apply for stuff? Don't ever be, um, don't ever feel shameful for working in short films that nobody might see or films that you think that oh you know what this is going to get lost in pre-production this is never going to get finished and this is never going to see like i don't know light of the day so i worked in a lot of things that never ended up getting anywhere all of those hours gone but i did learn a lot right hey, i'm learning the a lot language of these
0: days. yeah, yeah.
1: So all of those things, but I would say the most important thing, and this is actually something I tell everybody now, and I think my boyfriend's brother said it, and I don't think anybody can put it better than that, which is in this industry, it doesn't matter how well you ho, 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 unless you look like Santa, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is- which is true because I can be an amazing actor, but if I'm not blonde or pale or light skinned and blue eyed and that's what they're looking for, they're not gonna take me.
0: That's that's in if my, that's what they want. Yeah. If that's what they want, then that's what they're getting. That
1: oh, she's a great actor. Um, you know, call her back for this other role, maybe. But if the lead has to be a certain type of person, you know, they have to be bigger person, they have to be a smaller person, they have to be lean or lanky, or they have to have really short hair that's like naturally white or blonde. You just, you, you can't get that. So you have to remember that you can try and you can work as hard as you want, but you have to always remember that a lot of times when you're not accepted at an audition or you're not called back, is probably because you're not the you're not the vibe they're looking for Mm. right
0: yeah the vibe yes that but also but also i think it's just sometimes about like like you said like sometimes it's just about a particular thing particular skill particular whatever that might be and i think that goes for jobs just in general as well Mm -hmm. because people apply for i don't know at average I i don't know what the average number is but i would think at least 40 50 jobs before they actually get one, right? For
1: sure.
0: That doesn't mean they're not talented enough. That doesn't mean that they can't perform well in that particular role. Mm -hmm. That just means, let's say, even if the hiring manager is just not looking for that person, they're just looking for a particular skill. If they don't see it, they just think that the person cannot do that particular role, Mm -hmm. right? That's a great point. And from that, I want to take this to a place where I want to talk about a quote that you mentioned, um, or, or a quote.
1: I think I know where this is going.
0: Okay, we'll see. Um, and I will follow. I will let you follow through with that. But I just want to talk about this quote. You said that you want to help people with how to find something you're passionate about and convert it into a career. Sure, that might not be something that you are primarily passionate about, but just because you need a job to supplement your hobbies doesn't mean. That this backbone job has to be any less fun, right? Is that what you thought I was going for?
1: Uh, similar. Yeah, I okay. didn't remember my actual words. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah, take it away.
1: Okay. Um. All right. So this actually started um with my own experience. Um. When I graduated, uh, like I said, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. In my head, you're graduating with a computer science degree, so you can be a developer. And that was it. I was like, okay, you can be a developer or you can go get another degree in something else. Um, so of course I started looking things up. So I saw, okay, there's developer. And even in de- developers, you have front end, you have back end, you have full stack that they do everything. Um, and then I started looking into more things. It was like, oh, but if you have a computer science degree, you can also be a product owner or a project manager or a um, product developer, right? In software. And then I was like, okay, this looks interesting. And then it was like, but you need five years of experience
0: working in <laughs> software.
1: So yeah. I was like, no, like there has to be something. And one of these these days I was like, you know, on a website and it was a crappy website. It was so bad, right? Like I I was looking for the menu for a full like mm. 7 or 8 seconds, bad. right? And I was like, why the menu should be on the top right because that's where it always is. Why right. is nobody thinking about it? Is somebody thinking about it? So I Googled, like I was like intuitive design and yeah. that opened the doors of UI. user experience design mm. for me. And I have never looked back. All I right. am so passionate about users. I'm studying that right now. The center. Yeah. I love it. And I use that in my work all the time. I am blessed to be at a company that actually uh, puts a lot of focus on accessibility and user experience, user uh, interface design uh, to the point where we have weekly hubs to discuss these. How can we do better? Who has discovered something new and we can implement it? So um, user experience, and you know, I know you know it, but I'll just say it because there might be people oh, yeah, like totally. me that That's don't know. So basically, Everything you use in your life, from a TV remote, to a vending machine, to a book, and to websites are made for users. If If a user, if an average user can't figure out how it works, it is bad user interface, which means that there will be user frustration. People are not going to to um, intuitively be able to use, like, for example, I said, a lot of times the menu is on the top right or on the top left if it's on the phone, right? And there's a drawer that comes out or goes back. So people always go there to look for things. If you're looking for contact information on a website very quickly, either you go onto the menu on the top or you scroll all the way to the bottom because you always know that in the footer at the bottom, you're going to see some phone numbers or a contact information. Mm -hmm. Yep. If your website's not doing that, bad user experience. (laughs) So um, when I saw that, I was very, very interested. And then the last straw was that I actually read about this um, research that um, an agency did, which I can't remember their name at this point, but they made this desk for kids of people of divorce who have to move between parents or sometimes they just don't see their other parent. And it was a desk where the other parent that doesn't live with you can help you live doing your homework. So it has a projector on top, a camera in front, and it projects your homework or what you're writing down onto your parent's desk so they can see exactly what you're working on, what you're writing, and then there's a camera to talk to. You can also play games using that, which is a great way to involve the parent that your child is not living with and still have them be a big part of their life. You know? That's
0: incredible though yeah no yeah, totally. it's
1: incredible. And that's when I was like, wait, user experience goes beyond just websites and vending machines, right? Um, user experiences even even in things like rockets that go into space, you need to have that user experience because you want to. You want to think about these things. For example, if it's a blow dryer, if you put a button where the handle is, where people usually put their hand, the button's going to accidentally be turned off and on every time they're like trying to blow their hair dry. You don't want to put the button there. That's why mm. the button is put on the inside, right? So. Yep. I was floored and that's when I was like, I need to do something in user experience because that's how, and user experience in software, because that's where my specialty would be because I was a developer, quote unquote. So I started looking for jobs. Um, I didn't know what to do and this is where my entire process started developing, right? And like I said before, the first step is to try to find what you want to do. Again, this means coming out of that tunnel vision. You only know about these three or four careers, but there's so many things out there. If you wanted, you could become like that person who sets like electricity poles up, right? That's a job. Someone's doing it. Not everybody's an engineer or a doctor. You know, there are people who groom dogs, groom pets. Like you didn't know about those jobs when you were in 10th grade, right? So my suggestion and what I did was I went to YouTube. I started looking up different kinds of jobs or unusual jobs or jobs that you didn't know about. Started kind of seeing that. Um, I started doing a lot of research, like what are the different industries in this world? What are the different jobs in those industries? And of course I did um, my specific Google searches like because I wanted to do something creative. Um, And then I actually started finding people on LinkedIn and actually messaging them. I started messaging random people saying, hey, I am really interested in user experience design. Could you either mentor me, give me a direction, or just give me some sort of in into this industry? A lot of them ignored me. If I messaged 58 people, Mm -hmm. about 50 of them ignored me.
0: Yeah, um, which is two, which is still a good number. Eight out of 58. That's incredible. Well, honestly. Two
1: out, two out of those eight probably just send me an automated message. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of them were like, hey, I can't help you, but here's a book that you can read or hey, I can help. I can't help you. But here's actually a Nashville Slack channel for designers where all of these designers talk about what they're working on, what problems they're facing, what's new in this industry. And I found out so much. And I actually did that because, you know, I've been through weird phases. One one phase was where I wanted to be a um, personal shopper. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, I love clothes. Um, So I actually um, messaged somebody on LinkedIn that was a um, personal stylist and I was like can I please help you and she was like sure and I was like right out of college I had nothing to do yeah. she was like, sure you can come and all I did that day was steam people's outfits
0: <laughs> Hey, she was looking for some help and you were right okay. there you know she you was you,
1: looking for somebody to do the petty change work or you asked
0: for it <laughs> hey <laughs> but like, that's where we start <laughs> right
1: right so i've I've been there
0: (laughs) no i'm actually thinking about um i'm not i'm not exactly sure what i'm thinking about but there's there's a there's a train of thought there with the i think there was a movie where um this person wants to learn something or or not exactly sure what it is but they're just like okay come in you know come in do this do this do this um what that kind of leads me to right now is is thinking about karate kid um yeah where you know he's just like putting that jacket on putting the jacket down putting the jacket on putting it down and learning from that and then suddenly he's like oh you know suddenly I know what I'm doing there's a purpose right so when you're steaming those clothes maybe there's a purpose (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what that is but I'm sure there's a way to you know advance from that um I guess right. it's like a promotion that you're getting and of course yeah, getting-
1: you have to start from somewhere exactly um, and thankfully I actually didn't go back there um because I don't think I would do good as, as a personal shopper because I often think that yeah I like shopping for myself but I don't think I want to shop for anybody else because have you been to the mall mm. lately like yeah. I go to the mall and I'm tired in like 20 minutes and I'm like oh, whatever I'll just online shop yeah. right so anyway, um, but that's, that's how I started, and I would just say, like, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, the worst something's going to do is cuss at you, um, and that rarely happens, or they're going to ignore you, but even if four people respond to you, you're going to find some really, really good resources, right? Um, and then I started reading these books, and I started learning a little bit more, then uh, through a friend, I actually got in touch with somebody who owned a very very tiny web design agency. At that time, they had about ten clients. He was the only person. He was the CEO of the company, and he was the only full time employee. Everybody was like overseas. Mm. So I talked to him. Right? I talked to him, and I was like, "Hey, I'm actually looking for a job. And this is what I know about user experience design. I can design websites for you. I can do this. I can do that. Whatever that." time I was not very good at selling uh, myself for a position so he was like you know what how about you do this task for me um, for free and we'll like regroup in like a few months few months go by I'm having conversations with him but I started getting really frustrated because it was not going the way I wanted it to go and I didn't think he liked my uh, work but he did end up hiring me for a few months Um, so I did pretty close to what I do now Um, just what I was doing. And it was a similar kind of um, industry, but it was a part-time job. So I needed to get a full-time job. So again, I just like looked a job up because at that time in my mind, I thought what I wanted to do was IT project manager. There's a very big difference between IT project manager and a project manager in software.
0: Totally. Yep.
1: Very, very big difference. When I did IT project manager, obviously Google showed me IT project manager jobs. So I ended up getting hired at Vanderbilt University and on the school side at the IT department. And I realized very quickly, my project management was all infrastructure related. Everything was technology or technological infrastructure, right? And I didn't enjoy that at all because I couldn't see what was happening. It was all servers and data and all of those things that I couldn't visualize. And if I can't visualize it, I don't know what I'm doing. And if I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what to manage, right? It was not a a helpful, um, it was not helpful in terms of where I wanted to be, but it was definitely helpful in trying to learn like, how do you be how how do you, how do you act as a professional what are what are the expectations you know just getting that professional experience but i wasn't getting the actual experience i needed for the kind of job i still was wanting so i came up with step 2 which is once you know what kind of job you want to apply for what you know what it's called after all of that research you've put in then you start looking at those job descriptions when you see those job descriptions, there's going to be about 70% of those things in there that you don't have. Like you said, to your first point that you made, that a lot of times you're not the person they're looking for, then become that person that they're looking for, right? And that's what the last part is, which is the biggest part, is that you have to look at those things. All I did was go to a job description, look at what they wanted, and I was like, okay, so they want this software. They want this software. They want you to know how to do this. They want you to have this certification or this degree. I did all of those. I learned every Adapt. software. Okay. I got my certification in Scrum. I did everything that I could do, right? And then the second step in this is that when you apply for a job that you like, first of all, don't blindly apply for jobs, right? Some people, and I, I used to do that too. I would open like 50 Chrome tabs of like 50 jobs right after another. And then just click apply, apply, upload, apply, upload, apply, fill out the application, apply. But now what I do is I find maybe six jobs for that week only that I think are very, very close to what I want to do. And keeping in mind that, you know, does this look like something where they're just being very general, like, oh, you will be doing management or are they actually uh, listing out your responsibilities? Right. Um, so once I find those five or six jobs, then I customize my resume six times for each of those jobs. Of course, I have my basic... You know, template, yep. but I pick out keywords from their job description because this I this is a very commonly known fact that they use automated processors to parse through your resumes right. and looking for those keywords yep. in your resume. If they don't find them, your resume is out the door before a real person can even look at it. So I customize my resume. And then the last part is selling yourself in the interviews. Um, the job I have right now, um, I had a pretty similar situation where I talked to a a recruiter actually reached out to me after I'd applied um, at the company's website. And they were like, hey, your resume looked good. And I want to talk to you before I took you to the company. And he ended up really loving talking to me. So he put me out there. I had my first round of interview. I had my second round of interview, both interviews. I was just like, identify what's lacking in me, and then tell them how I already know I'm going to overcome that. I sold myself hard. I was like, I am hardworking. I will learn. I learned so quickly that in the past four months, I've done this, 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 and this in preparation for this. I am telling you, you will not regret it. And like, at the same time, you know, I know that I am lacking in experience, but I make up for this by doing this, this, and this. So I sold myself hard. After the second interview, um, before the final interview, they told me that we're sorry, we don't think you have enough experience. We need somebody with at least five years of experience or knowing how to do certain things. And now my previous project manager job was a project manager in name only. I didn't do much project management. I did very business analyst type of work. So of course I was lacking and it was a different industry. So both of those were working against me um so finally they they said that but since you want to learn and we really like talking to you everybody in the office who's met you really likes you would you be open if we created a junior position for you which would take three to four months we can't promise anything but we can try and i and like they were afraid that it was going to hurt my ego. They told that to the recruiter, and I said, "No, I'm. I am. Give in.
0: it to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'll take yeah. junior, junior position because I know I have to start somewhere.
0: Exactly, earning." Need. You had to start at Arnie. Yeah, totally.
1: You got to start somewhere. So two months go by, three months go by, four months go by. Suddenly one day I'm like, you know, when are they going to reach out to me? And they did email me a few times in that period where they're like, sorry, it's taking uh, some time, whatever. But then one day they emailed me and they said, we've created that position. If you want to take it, here's the job offer, just sign it and send it back. I read through it. I loved it. I loved my responsibility and September comes and I started working there. And now I'm at that point where I'm about to transition into the role that I actually applied for. And we had my review recently and I told them again, like, okay, you've started giving me multiple projects now, but I think I still have to prove myself that yes, I'm ready to get those projects, but can I maintain them, right? So they were like, oh yes, that is exactly what we were thinking too. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, it's a long process. It's a lot of work. And there's a lot of disappointment. But it is so very rewarding. Um, it's just it's great. I don't hate my job at all. I love it. You know, I don't sit on Sundays dreading Mondays. Of course, I don't want to wake up in the morning. But
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay, though. That's uh, something that is hard to change. I'm Trying mm-hmm. to get on a different kind of schedule where, you know, like it's honestly, I don't even want to talk about it, but it's really like <laughs> I'm trying to wake up early, as in like 5, 5 30. Like I know oh that it gosh. was it was supposed to be where, of course, we were going to go in person. And so I wanted to go to the gym before that, and then still, you know, have enough time to commute, eat, all that kinds of stuff, Mm -hmm. which is not happening anymore. Gyms are now closed. (laughs) So things are going against it, you know, but we'll see where this goes. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen with it with that schedule. Hopefully by the end of this year, um, we'll get there. This year just started. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying, you know, like, gradual slow processes you know with starting with the ironing there yeah exactly yeah exactly cut them small steps like like we say in this podcast um anyway um so going from that and coming back also or bringing one point that you had mentioned about coming home from work and watching netflix rewards um that people give to themselves. So you give yourself the reward of coming back home and you're like, hey, I've done an eight hour shift or I've been tired or I've, you know, I did this. Maybe you feel accomplished or maybe you're just like, hey, this is really what I like and what I love. And I don't really wanna change any aspect of it. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if I'm doing another professional development course at this point,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, or I am singing or I'm acting or practicing all these things or taking another course, for me, it's sometimes like, hey, like, I don't really, let's say, like, I didn't ever think I was going to be doing retail. So I'm doing retail. And today I picked up a, somebody else's shift. So you know what? I made X number of dollars. You know what? There's this thing on 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 sale on Markdown. Mm-hmm. Cost me only this much. Usually it would cost, you know, 75% higher than that. So there's the reward. Do I need it? Probably not. Do I want it? Of course. You know, <laughs> why not? Always. Okay. So, um. I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to see what you have to say about rewards and how you think personal and professional development will go further and connect that to the big goal or the big plan. Of course, you still said that you, at the end of the day, want to be acting or, um, you know, doing music or whatever that might be. But right now, of course, you're saying you're very satisfied with UX, UI. Um, we've also talked about software, which is something you don't want to do. But you've also talked about criminal psychology Oh, yeah. Um, lots of different things right mm-hmm. but I want to see what you think is the big plan the big future do you maybe see yourself acting for all of these roles you know maybe in one show you're you're this person that's that's a criminal psychologist maybe in one role you're doing something with UX you know or maybe you're on the back end actually helping people film these things and create these shows and Um, on the UX side of that, like maybe I know, I know, I'm not sure who I was talking to, but somebody was talking about Netflix and how, you know, they're working for Netflix and they're doing all these project management things. And, um, also still doing a little bit of that creative work, right? What is it for you? Do you have role models that you look up to maybe, or if there's anything particular you would like to achieve?
1: Yeah, um I don't necessarily have role models to look up to. Of course there's a lot of people I've heard their struggle story and you know, they've come from nothing, they worked hard and they started at an early age, but I really don't have any role models. Um but I do have a plan. So I have like a you know, in a perfect world, I would be primarily acting. I don't want to be behind the scenes. Uh, when it comes to, you know, filming and stuff like that, because I just, I think acting is where my um, primary focus is. Uh, That's what I I love doing. Um, I do love being a part of a living set. You know, there's things happening, the hustle and bustle. You just love that. But I do want to be in front of a camera rather than behind it. But in the perfect world, I'm an actor full time and having maybe a little time in the off seasons to myself where I can venture into some other things that now I have the financial means to support. For example, I have some ideas for apps that I often think like I do this every month. I wish an app was there to do this for me, right? Or or I wish there was an app. So like I have jotted down some notes. Hit me up. (laughs) Hit me up. I'll create them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have some ideas. I have scripts that I would love to, like, you know, in off seasons, film short films. And in those short films, I don't necessarily have to be in front of the camera, um, but I would love to, like, keep creating stuff, you know, re- whether it's an app or it's a short film. And as far as criminal psychology goes, um, of course, in another universe, I am um, probably a journalist who goes and talks to people in prison. Um, But this universe, that's not it. And it's not gonna happen. So anyway. (laughs) That's um, that's
0: one thing ruled out, I guess, for now. (laughs)
1: Well, it's ruled out because I don't, I care about reading about these things and understanding their minds a lot, but not to a point where I think I can make a career out of it. Like, I don't think at this point I can start from scratch in another thing, right? right? So I have to cut my losses. And I will just, you know, come home, watch a court proceeding, read Mind Hunters, and just have a great evening. So that's my goal right now is to get there. And I have some short films coming up in the next few months. Um, and hopefully those short films will lead into actually some better relationships where um, we're gonna continue to keep working together. And he doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to pitch him some of my scripts after we worked a few All times. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, looking forward to it.
1: So hopefully they'll, they'll uh, gear up a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And and definitely, you know, of course, it's great to see that you have that plan, that you're looking forward to these things. And and of course, like, however you get to that stage, of course, doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's never too late. Um, right. Of course, you said that it might be too late to start. But it's never too late if you really, really are passionate it, about yeah. those things, right? And and with acting, it's like, you know, even if you've been doing, let's say, project management for the next five, seven years, 10 years, even after that, if you get a role, of course, you're going to take it because you yeah. that's what you want to do with acting, right? If it's a big role, of course, I want to take it. I don't know if if money is the only factor. Um, sometimes with the satisfaction that you might be getting, you're like, hey, like, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll take a sabbatical if I have to go right. act for a year, come back and At the end of the day, if it didn't work, it didn't work, but I had a great year still, right? Um, Anything else that you think you would like to share with us today? Um, Anything that you think we missed, or if you had one chance to sell it to the international audience of this podcast, what would it be? (laughs)
1: Um, I think instead of keeping the focus on something about me or getting publicity for some of my stuff, um, I just wanna tell everybody that don't be me, don't be the traditional person that is scared to venture out of your comfort zone. Um, It's gonna be a lot of work. It's gonna require a lot of research. But if you know how to go forward with it, if you have that direction, it is going to be so rewarding. And, you know, I've given some tips here today, and I can tell you positively that these steps work. There's really nothing else about it. There's it's never too late. You can always start um, and just don't be afraid and don't let other people's opinions about your life keep you from trying to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve keeping in mind that yes stability is important but uh, so is your peace of mind and satisfaction
0: awesome great ending words and thank you you so much for being on the show Isha it was great to have you on here Um, I'm sure people are you know more than impressed by of course the different things (laughs) that you're trying to get into and the different things that you you know, want to want to engage with, but also just the amount of experience that you, you've been able to share and the amount of tips that you've been able to share. I'm sure somebody over there out there is going to be able to look at these and say, you know, maybe it isn't too late to start. Um, I'm not sure if that's somebody right out of school. I'm not sure if that's somebody that's over a certain age. Um, of course, age is just a number. So we'll be looking forward to seeing where where these people are and how they connect to you so thank you so much again and where can people find you if they want to talk to you more about this more about anything else if they want to continue to look at some of your short short stories hopefully coming in the future short movies um whatever that might be
1: um i mean my instagram is definitely the best resource i'm on it quite a lot um so yeah, my Instagram, are you going to link it or should I totally. explain yeah. it?
0: No, we'll, we'll link it. Don't worry about it. I'll mine, put the links. in the... Okay, great. Yeah, so I'll put the link um, for the Instagram and I'll also put your email in there. Um, for now, of course, we're going sponsor free and we're going with the flow, but I'm looking right. forward to seeing where this goes. I will continue <laughs> to record and release these shows so as I get some time, but the goal will be to get one out every week. Until then, don't forget to be kind to people and stay safe out there. A big thank you so much to those of you that listen till the end and those that listen at all. This is your host, Arjit Singh, and you've been listening to Kadam, the Small Steps Podcast. If you found value in this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. And as always, let us know how we can make this better. A traditional career is always untraditional. Thanks for listening.